Hello and welcome to another episode of Building Digital Community. I'm your host, Chirag Sheth, and I'm an MBA student at the DeGroote School of Business at McMaster University. Building a sense of community during this global pandemic has been a challenge for everyone. Since March of 2020, it's definitely been harder to start or build new relationships with people, with many of us working or studying remotely. Well, that's exactly why I want to start this podcast. Building Digital Community is all about diving deeper into a person's story with the goal of building genuine relationships and stronger community in an increasingly digital world. Make sure to follow us at Building Digital Community on Instagram or reach out to me directly on LinkedIn or on Twitter at ChiragShath24. On this episode of the podcast, we're welcoming DeGroot MBA alumni, Anu Singh. Anu graduated from the DeGroot MBA program in 2013. She went into the MBA program with a focus on the healthcare industry. However, through her years in the MBA, she found a passion for consulting and hasn't looked back since. Since finishing the MBA, she's had various consulting roles with companies such as TELUS, KPMG, IBM, and has recently started a new role as a principal at Paraveda Solutions. I'm excited to have Anu on the podcast, so without further ado, let's get going. Hey, Anu, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Chirag, thank you. Glad to be here. Awesome. Yeah, we're excited to uh, to have you here. Um, yeah, it should be, uh, it'll be a, a great show. So excited to kind of learn from you. You're the second, actually, no, third alumni that we've had uh, on the show thus far. So I'm excited That's that awesome. this season, yeah, I'm excited that this season we're getting more and more alumni uh, to participate. Um, yeah. So it'd be great. We should definitely get some more because um, I know I know a number of people who would love to do this. They've had great experiences and career trajectories, and I think mm-hmm. it'd be great for them to come and uh, share their experiences as well. Awesome. We'll connect after this. You can slide some names my way, <laughs> and I can. Yeah, uh... you probably already got a few from Nav, but uh, <laughs> he's well connected. <laughs> but I'll yeah, I'll try to see if there's anyone else that I can think of. Cool. Sounds good. Um, all right. Well, we, we kind of start things off with some rapid fire questions just to break the ice a little bit. Um, so the first one I've got for you is Tim Hortons or Starbucks? Oh, Starbucks all the way. Okay. What's, what's your, <laughs> my, <laughs> it's not even my, close. Yeah. Honestly, my Tim Hortons days were back in, I don't even know, 2008 when I was, when I used to work at a call center when mm. during undergrad at Mac and that was the only option that we really had in downtown Hamilton. Um, mm-hmm. And I loved it back then. I used to have my coffee like double double like, with cream. Yeah. And if I was to drink that same order now, I'd probably throw up in my mouth. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my, my usual go to is a, a cappuccino with extra foam. Okay, nice. Yeah. Cool. Um, what is the best TV show that you've watched so far in the, in the last year and a half over the pandemic? (sighs) That's a tough one. Um, I did really enjoy Fleabag. Um, that was the one show I watched in two days, not even, (laughs) it's two seasons too, but it's such great witty English humor. I, I loved it. (laughs) Awesome. I haven't, I haven't heard about it. So I'll definitely, uh, I'll check that one out. I'll add yeah, to the list. I would recommend it. it. I think it got, it did win some awards. Um, okay. 
at the end of the Golden Globes or the Emmys of last year, I believe. Okay, cool. And it's on Prime, so check it out. Okay, nice. Have Prime. I'll, uh, yeah, I have the, uh, I'm lucky I have the, one of the things I love about being a student again is that I have all the student discounts. Um, oh, so Prime, <laughs> the Prime student discount uh, definitely uh, <laughs> comes in key here. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. What is the, uh, the first musical CD that you ever bought? Ooh. I don't remember to be honest <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm being dead serious the last one that I could remember that I bought was Pharrell's um and I have the worst memory by the way but it was so the album with the song happy on it yeah that's the one that I had in my car for at least five years okay nice I like it. Yeah. That's a good one. So that's a good pack. Even if it wasn't the first one, that's still uh, that's still a yeah. good pack. Um, and last rapid fire for you. If you had to delete all but three apps from your phone, which three would you keep? Does this include the default like messages? Yeah, you'll you get to keep the like okay. the messages, like the, the phone, the all that essentials. stuff. That's, yeah, those ones you'll um, keep anyways, on top of those. Yeah, I'll probably keep Twitter, mm-hmm. um, Instagram. God damn it, these are the worst kinds. <laughs> um, and probably Toronto Public Library. Okay, so like the nice. Libby app. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm on the Libby app as well. That's how I get all my audiobooks. It's uh, it's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Those awesome. would be three. I think those are the ones I tend to use the most anyway. Okay, cool. Yeah, the ones that I've looked at right now, I'm like, I haven't used this in like 10 years. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so that ends the rapid fire uh, segment. So I guess to, to keep going with the podcast, just, you know, um, tell us a little bit more about kind of your career journey thus far, um, coming from, uh, you know, the MBA at Dick Rude and just kind of like your overall journey to uh, how you've gotten to where you are now. Yeah, I would say I haven't had the most typical cookie cutter journey, like uh, many stories that you hear about these days. Um, I I went to Mac for my undergrad and uh, graduated with a genetics degree um, with a minor in business. And in my last year, I did uh, a thesis in fish physiology and realized that although it was great work and uh, lots of good learnings. Um, I didn't see myself working in a lab for the rest of my life. And I knew I always, I still love science. It's very interesting to me. And uh, so I started to pivot into veterinary medicine and tried to get into vet school for two years, did the whole shebang of MCAT and went through the interview rounds and unfortunately mm-hmm. didn't make it in. I, I missed the, the cohort by two seats both times, which was a punch in the gut, um, especially because after graduating uh, from undergrad, I ended up taking a minimum wage job and working at the clinics, just trying to get my experience up uh, to make for a stronger application. And uh, yeah, and then after two years, I felt like I needed to cut my losses, (laughs) get an actual job that could start to pay off my OSAP and my bills are racking up. And so I heard about the MBA uh, program at DeGroot uh, and the fact that they had a health services management program. And at that point, I wasn't 
too familiar with the co-op program or even knew that I was um, going to go in that uh, in that direction. But I got in and uh, fully with the intention of, you know, combining my interest in both science and business and yeah. um, taking uh, just exploring the health services field a little bit more. And so my first co-op, I worked at Hamilton Health Sciences. Um, great experience, got to learn about the business of operating a hospital, what are some of the initiatives, key initiatives that were um, critical for a hospital to function. Um, and it's quite insightful because you don't tend to learn about the business of hospitals, you more so are the recipient right. um, and kind of see it from the outskirts more so than the inner workings of what it takes to run a hospital. So that was really great experience. Um, and I, and I wanted to continue doing that. So in my next co-op, I ended up joining university health network. Uh, this one was more so focused on e-health and implementing electronic records um, across the university health network system. And that was a fairly large complex technology program back in uh, 2012. And at that point, we were just at the cusp of most hospitals uh, upgrading their systems to electronic records. So it was, it was uh, a hot industry to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of fast-paced projects. Got, my, got some real exposure to project management and you know those massive one-page roadmaps that are so hard to read with just a whole bunch of milestones and deliverables. And yeah. I had to, I was the I was responsible for updating that on a day-to-day basis because our goal live date was coming up and we kept seeing delays and delays. Um, so it was really cool to kind of see how a large complex project works with multiple stakeholders. And then so I was I was really happy with where I was going, and throughout my MBA, I was I took D seven hundred with Dr. Head. Um, I think it's still um, a course, yep. and yeah, our is. cohort was actually the guinea pigs of that course, and I loved it so much. I learned. I would say that's the one course that um, I've learned the most out of. That has actually help me in the work that I do right now. Um, and through that course, I was in various case competitions. Some were great, some we lost, um, but that's where I really started to explore consulting and love problem solving and presenting to C-suite executives. And, um, and then I started to explore focused business consulting at my, in my last term. So it was uh, five of us who got together. We're all really good friends. And we're like, yeah, let's just make a team. We competed against uh, another uh, team, which was actually I competed against Nav. <laughs> and we beat him. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that was a great adventure. It was essentially like running your own consulting company. We definitely didn't make enough money than we would have if we, were, we all did our co-ops. But hey, it was... A great experience. Um, yeah, and then after that, I graduated and uh, decided to uh, pursue consulting. And it was tough to get into consulting right away because McMaster 
didn't have a focus in consulting at that time. And um, so I joined TELUS, which was, to be quite honest, it was a strategy job. I thought I could start to get some basic foundational skills in place, get the experience. Um, and then if, you know, if there's a good opportunity that came around from a management consulting standpoint, then I would be able to pivot and shift accordingly. And so literally nine months later, I got a call from a friend who was at KPMG, also a degree grad, same cohort. She's like, hey, there's a there's an opening in a practice uh, within justice and security. I'm like, justice and security? <laughs> um, like, I'm not a lawyer. I know nothing about this. She's like, no, no, you don't have to know much. Um, you just, you know, it's just basic consulting. Um, so take a look and uh, see if you're interested. So short story long, uh, ended up at KPMG for about four years doing lots of uh, work within the public sector space and government and healthcare, and then pivoted into a digital strategy at IBM because I felt like I needed to learn more about the technology world. Um, within public sector at KPMG, as my work was very much focused on strategy and paper-based deliverables. I felt that I needed to immerse myself in technology, not just to force myself to learn more about it, but more and more of our clients were asking about it and asking for a digital transformation IT implementation. And so I felt like I needed to get that experience under my belt to be, to be relevant because things are just moving so quickly. Um, and so from then on, um, I spent about two years at IBM, uh, learned so much. And, uh, and I recently pivoted into a smaller boutique firm at Caravata Solutions, um, which is based out of the US, but they're growing uh, in new markets right now. So Toronto is one of those emerging markets and part of a small team of 10. Um, so it's definitely a big shift from the, the big four and the IBM big blue. Um, so I'm looking forward to this next adventure. Yeah, very cool. That's a, that's a really interesting journey. Um, that you've taken. I feel like there's a lot to unpack there. So one of the questions yeah. I did, I did have is cause you, you, you went into the MBA with kind of that focus, focus and health on healthcare and thinking, you know, mm -hmm. that, that's kind of where I, I wanted to take, uh, or that's where you wanted to take your career. And then you mentioned D 700 and how that kind of shifted you away and opened you up to other opportunities and was kind of your, your first introduction into kind of the world of consulting and what that could be like. Um, and that seems like it was, a like if, if, if that kind of pivoted your career, it seems like that was a very kind of influential, uh, moment or piece to that. So I'm curious, it like was. when you, when you reflect on kind of the rest of your MBA journey, like D 700 was, seems like definitely one piece, but you know, what, what would you say was maybe one of the, the biggest learnings that you took away from that MBA program? Yeah, for me, it was about you start your MBA journey fully thinking that you know what the end outcome is going to be. And while going through it, um, I received some great advice from mentors and alumni to say, who, who said, just be open-minded, try new things. This is your chance to do it. 
And so D700, when the course came about, it was brand new, had never been done before. I'm like, why should I be taking this? And it's kind of intriguing and a little bit intimidating as well, because it's not your usual mm-hmm. course. Um, but I gave it a shot and, uh, and I loved it. And then I took some other courses that, you know, when you do your course selections, you tend to take courses that you're interested in. And I tried to choose at least one course that I didn't know anything about that I maybe had zero interest in. And, uh, and those are the courses where I found the most value out of um, the other course was the something about Excel. Um, I don't remember the actual <laughs> yeah. um, course. It's just, is it still there? There's, I'm sure there's lots of courses about Excel. So I'm sure it's like up yeah. to like Power BI now or something like that. But uh, yeah, those just fundamental things that you do uh, at work. I think those are the ones that I took the most. So mm-hmm. reflecting back, I just feel like being open to new experiences, being open to things that may make you feel uncomfortable. Um, that's where I found most growth in um, and learned yeah. a lot about myself and built a bit more confidence as well. Because with before MBA, if you asked me to present something in front of an audience, I'd be like, no, thank you. I, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> like, that was very introverted. Um, but going through that course, it challenges you, it forces you, and, and you know, in all courses in MBA, it forces you to be in situations that you may or may not be comfortable in, but I think that's, that's what leads to tremendous growth personally. Mm-hmm. And I think that lesson has actually helped me in, in my career because there have been quite a number of challenges that I've had to face in terms of new projects, new industries walking into a client where I know nothing about the subject matter, but I still have to sound like I know what I'm doing and that they're getting yeah. value out of what I am, what I'm providing for them. Um, so it, the, the building of confidence and just challenging yourself and continuously exploring and looking out for those key things uh, are what I really took away from my MBA experience. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I think that curiosity piece and just kind of being open to, to new experiences is, is huge with the MBA. I like to think of it yeah. as, you know, this two years, this two and a half years of our, our lives. It's, it's kind of like a playground. Like it's your opportunity to take some risks. It's like, if just try something brand new. Like if it's a new course that you know nothing in, or it's like a, a case competition or something that you might not have background in, like, what's the harm of just saying, you know what, let me, just give it a shot. Like worst thing that could happen is, you know, I might not get the best mark in it or like, uh, you know, uh, it might, like, I might not win a case competition, but at the end of the day, it's still a great learning experience. And I think the MBA is all about kind of putting yourself in those opportunities, um, to to grow and get out of your comfort zone. And sometimes it may not, you know, be part of your plan. I find Mm -hmm. that I was, I didn't have a plan. In fact, I probably still don't have a plan when it comes to my career. (laughs) And, you know, I took the entrepreneurship course. Um, I took case, case competitions, D700, analytical Mm -hmm. supply chain courses. You can see it's like, it's a whole wide net. 
and yeah. I started off with health services. So I didn't know what I was doing, but <laughs> I think just getting exposed to those things, it really helps you shape and figure out what is it that you like and what is it mm -hmm. that you don't like. Um, and even now I tend to immerse myself in projects to see, Hey, maybe this is an industry that I could see myself working in or a functional yeah. area that I could see myself really becoming an expert in. Um, so I'm still having those moments of reflection and it's, um, it's interesting to see how that still continues after your MBA is long done. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, your story of kind of navigating through the MBA, definitely like I resonate with, with it a lot. Cause I feel like I'm, I'm similar in the way that I feel like I came in with one expectation of, you know, I feel like this is where I'm going to end up post MBA. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that, you know, I, I came into this experience thinking, you know, I just want to experience as many different things as I can, because this is, again, this is like a, a structured environment where I have, I have the chance to take some more smaller calculated risks to like, just try out something brand new. And you can still get that. I think when you're, when you start your career, but like school is the best place to, to do it. Um, so yeah, like I, I'm currently working for like a bank, which I never thought if you asked me coming into the MBA, do you ever think you'll work from a bank that it's funny? Cause the answer was, was likely no, but you know, I've been able to kind of find, uh, find new passions, um, through this as well and like explore other areas or other potential areas that I can, uh, I can take my career. Nice. And, uh, what did you, what was your expectation when you started? You I thought I was going to go. Yeah. I thought I was going to go into marketing. Um, I had, yeah. uh, I had some tech marketing roles, um, uh, prior to starting the MBA with Microsoft. Um, and then I thought that, you know, I want to, I want to stay within that kind of marketing realm. I knew that I want to work in technology. So even though, you know, I'm okay. working for CIBC right now, there's still a technology focus in that role. So I'm able to kind of bring that, that tech side. Um, mm -hmm. but I, I was definitely like very focused towards marketing. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to do the marketing specialization, everything. And then it was really yeah. just like this last few months. I'm like, you know what? I think I'm actually going to go more towards like the analytic side and like, let me just try this out. Cause this will be something cool to learn. Um, yeah. so you know what it's, again, it's only two years, so, um, might as well try as many different things as you can. For sure. And then you can pivot like I did and still try exactly. veterinary medicine. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, still jokes. He's like, do you think you'll ever go back? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe we could try. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair. Um, so you, you also touched on, you know, you, you've worked for um, some great companies over, over the years. You have TELUS, uh, KPMG, IBM, and now uh, Paravita. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm just curious, like as you're kind of, after you graduated the MBA and as you're kind of managing kind of what, what your next step would be, when did you know that it was the right time to, I guess, search for that next step? Or when did you know that, I guess, um, you know, it, it was time to kind of start pursuing uh, a new challenge? Wow. That's a, it's a great question. Um, uh, to be quite honest, all of the jobs that I've received that I've had so far have been through people that I know that I've reached out or I've just had, you know, a catch up conversation mm -hmm. with them. Like, Hey, like we're hiring. What are your thoughts on this? So it's happened quite organically. Um, 
uh, I all the roles that I've had, they were they're really great. I learned so much from them. And in the moment when the opportunity was uh, had come to light, um, for all of my jobs, it wasn't. I was I wasn't in a position where I was like, yeah, I'm ready to move. It was very much a um, more of a pros and cons analysis mm -hmm. when the opportunity came to light. Like, okay, like this is what it's going to offer me. Could my current position offer me? Yes, maybe. No. Um, what are the key things to keep in mind. And so there are a number of factors that, you know, went into play in terms of the people you work with, the type of opportunities you will have. Um, believe it or not, for me, salary is also a, a pretty big factor when it came to uh, making some of these decisions as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I've seen that change. I wouldn't say, sorry, change is not the right word. It's more so it's more so getting a better appreciation of how, how to negotiate, how to mm -hmm. get what you want and know what your value is in the market. Um, that's something that I didn't really, I was a bit naive about in my mm -hmm. early days. And uh, it wasn't until recently that I really started to know my worth and be more vocal about it. Um, so yeah, like all that to say is that in each step of the journey, it was always based on a conversation, um, usually with somebody I've worked before, and they're like, hey, loved working with you, would love for you to join. Um, here's the opportunity, here's what we can do for you. Yeah. And then went through the interview process or conversations and uh, made the jump when it made sense. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. Those, those relationships, and it's kind of like timing, I guess, and, and the right timing. Um, that yeah. made sense for you. Yeah, and I will say that the I I was actively looking when I was with Telus, mm -hmm. uh, more so because I really wanted to get into consulting. I knew that that was what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. and so the role at Telus wasn't the right fit for me. I was still learning a lot as a business analyst because a lot of those skills are very transferable to the work that I was doing. But I wanted to get exposure to um, other industries, other mm -hmm. types of projects that are not just focused on telecommunications. I wanted to work within public sector and healthcare. And um, KPMG was would provide me with that opportunity, even though I got in through the justice and security yeah. space, which is a very niche practice. I knew that I knew the way consulting works, where as a consultant or senior consultant, you're never going to be doing one particular type of project. You're going to be exposed to different kinds of projects. Um, and through that, that's how I got into the more generalized strategy uh, practice mm -hmm. um, and operations group and got that exposure. So once I got into KPMG, I think that's when I had stopped actively looking because I was very happy. Um, I got a good foundation in consulting, um, was able to get promoted and was, was seeing growth and just in myself, both personally and professionally. Um, so yeah, I think TELUS was the only nine months did where I was actively looking after that. It was mostly relationships and referrals. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, you touched on this a little bit um, towards the beginning, but I'm curious in terms of, you know, the world world of consulting, like what, what is it about consulting that, you know, gets you excited? Um, and especially, you know, the last few years you've been working, you've been focused a little bit more on the, on the technology side of things. Um, so I guess what is about maybe consulting in technology or just maybe the technology as a whole that, that really gets you excited and passionate? Yeah. What I love about consulting is more so a reflection of who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. I get bored very easily. <laughs> <laughs> and so for me, you know, in the beginning, perhaps it's just my naive perception of, you know, if I do a particular job, I'm just, it's going to be like the same thing day in, day out. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas with consulting, you could do a project and it could be, you know, for four weeks or 12 weeks or it could be two years for some unfortunate people yeah. <laughs> I've never had to do a two-year project um but you always know that if you hate a project there's always something else around the corner right and so mm-hmm. that keeps you going and you know you can get some other opportunities and um and I love solving problems so with consulting you may have a specific business objective to um to achieve or a problem to solve. But I find that throughout the project, you uncover so many more mm-hmm. <laughs> that could that that could themselves become, you know, mini projects or things that you just have to navigate and get rid of those blockers with the client. And so that really interested me because it's it's never a dull day in the yeah. world of consulting. For sure. Um and that keeps me going, keeps me motivated. Sure, there are long hours, but uh, I, I tend to, I tend to thrive in that environment. Um, and when it comes to technology, I think the world that we live in, I, the pandemic has just made this even more apparent. Um, technology is everywhere. Mm-hmm. We're nowhere without it. And uh, in the last year. Uh, at IBM and now at Pervada, we are so incredibly busy because every company right now is thinking about their digital transformation agenda. In fact, actually thinking is not the right word. They were thinking about the digital transformation agenda, but now they're actually forced to act upon yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And so them being forced to act upon it has resulted in just, we are at the busiest time that we've ever encountered in consulting where Resource shortages are quite high at, at the moment. Um, talent is uh, pretty limited mm-hmm. um, and demand is quite high. Um, and so my shift in technology, I knew that this there was going to be this, you know, not necessarily the pandemic, but there was going to be a big shift where more and more companies that work in a traditional sense start to see the value of utilizing technology to optimize their operations um, mm-hmm. and become more efficient and effective and and everything is now focused on customer value right yeah. so I even though I am not a technology expert I have now come to really appreciate the the power of technology and what it can do for an organization all the way from you know the front end to the back end. Um, mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for my my stint at IBM, I wouldn't have had a good appreciation of that because yeah. uh, IBM is so big and 
in the time that I was there, I felt like I barely scratched the surface. And there are some really smart people out there and uh, they know what they're doing when it comes to some of this uh, technology stuff. And, uh, you know, it's just a privilege to be around them and absorb as much as I could and then start to think about how I can apply that to the world of business and how do we actually drive value for from it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, I, I feel like that's that's similar to kind of why I want, wanted to work in technology. I feel like in technology, you have such the, such a unique opportunity to really make an impact on, on businesses, yeah. on, on individuals, like on people's lives, really in general. Like there's so many amazing, very cool things that are happening within, uh, within tech. So, um, that's hundred percent. Like when I think about kind of where I want to take my career, it's that that's why I want to do tech. Cause I feel like, um, especially this, this past year and a half, like we've seen, we've seen how technology can truly like change people's lives and, and make people's lives easier. Um, and yeah. I think it's only gonna kind of continue to kind of go off from, from here. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I know you just started your new role. Uh, I think we were, you said this was day three today. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I was going to ask you what your, what your favorite thing about, you know, your current role is, but since it's day three, it's, it still might be a, a little bit early to, uh, to tell. So I, I'm curious, like, as you were, um, you know, throughout the, your experiences with those, uh, with those companies, um, IBM, KPMG, TELUS, and, um, you know, even though it's day three, if you have <laughs> something from Paraveda as well, um, what would you say has been maybe one of your, your favorite experiences, um, while working with those, uh, with those companies? Is there, and is there any, um, moment that, that really sticks out in terms of, you know, maybe the most impactful, uh, towards you and, and your career? Yeah, it's a great question. I think the, I don't have a favorite. Um, do I have a favorite? No, I don't have a favorite uh, experience yet. And I'm thinking about it more so from a project standpoint, just given mm-hmm. the work that I do. Yeah. But the most memorable project was um, uh, was during my time at IBM. Um, I had just started about uh, it was two months in and uh, we were just growing our digital strategy practice and it was the end of December mm-hmm. and a, a large mining client that has global operations and has 12 billion dollars in revenue um, annually they were about to embark on a major digital transformation um, program for about three years and their objective was to uh, ask the board for some money in order mm-hmm. to realize apparently $3 billion in that EBITDA over the course of the next three years. So it was quite a massive undertaking. And so it was Christmas um, and that new year, kind of that weird yeah. week where we don't know what day it is. <laughs> and I was working and my partner reached out. He's like, hey, just got this email. Um, don't know much about mining. I know you're a public sector. You don't know much about mining, but, um, you know, it's a strategy project, four-week stint. We could, uh, they're looking to go to the board. Do you think we could do it? I'm like, 
Well, I mean, yeah, let's give it a shot. I mean, I'm not a mining expert, mm-hmm. but as long as we can rely on our mining SMEs and can pull people, then yeah, let's do it. And so off I flew to Vancouver January 3rd and um, didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. But uh, that project was so memorable because one, I knew nothing about the industry. Uh, two, I was the... I was, it was a two person team. It was myself, a partner and a, and a consultant. Mm-hmm. None of us had ever done anything like this before. And we were presenting in front of the C-suite um, who had an immense amount of pressure upon themselves as well to deliver something to the board in February. For sure. And so within a four week uh, time, I was put in some very challenging uh, situations when it came when it came to just stepping out of my comfort zone a little bit, mm-hmm. and so me not knowing anything about the industry, of course I could read up on things and learn quickly. But it's one thing to read and one thing to really know. Yeah. And so having just read <laughs> a few things and did a a pretty quick analysis of what I knew about um, their current state. I was uh, leading workshops and facilitating conversations and I was a nervous wreck. And, uh, but in the end, um, that project really helped me grow because it pushed me to the edge of, you know, I felt like I couldn't do something, but I actually did a pretty good job at it at the end of it. And it just kind of helped me realize that I set my own limits. And, um, and that was, that was a good learning for me because now I know that I can always push myself and that I Mm -hmm. have mentors like my partner who pushed me, who supported me because he said like, I know this is going to be tough for you, but if anybody can do it, you can do it. So just go do it and I'll be here. (laughs) And throughout the whole time, you know, there was, there were tears in the hotel room and um, I was sweating bullets during each workshop, but at the end, we delivered a great project, and we ended up being asked to come back twice with uh, me to take on the lead role for both projects. Um, and if you were to ask me in December if that was going to be the case, I'd be like, definitely <laughs> not. Um, and through that work over the eight months or so that we were there, I got to visit some mines in BC um, and it's a, it's a fascinating world. Like you, you feel like you, you know, you have a perception about a certain industry, but wow, they're so advanced. There's so much technology. There's literally driverless trucks just picking up coal and getting it from the processing plants all the way to, to the next stop and the amount of analytics and data that they're utilizing to, make sure that every ounce of that coal is tracked Mm -hmm. and monitored. It was super impressive. And just to be part of that whole experience and really see it happen live. um, It was quite memorable. Um, And yeah, and after that, I became the resident mining expert for (laughs) for two months. And then I, I went on that leave after that. That's such a, that's such a cool experience. And I, I see that comment as you're kind of talking about your, your career. And even, you know, at the beginning when we were talking about your MBA, I see those common themes of, you know, just saying yes to things and like 
figuring things out kind of as you go yeah. and um, you know, those are the problem solving and, and all of those common skills. And I see those coming up kind of, um, you know, throughout the stories and in, in each of those positions that you've, uh, you've taken. So it's really cool to see how, uh, how those common themes have really stuck with you throughout every level of your career and seems to have really kicked off, um, you know, with, with, uh, you know, while you were in the NBA. Um, mm-hmm. so that's, uh, that's really cool. Yeah, and it, that that project was quite memorable also because uh, within consulting, mm-hmm. you you spend quite a few years as an associate mm-hmm. or a consultant, a senior consultant, where you you get you you you're being given guidance on like I need this type of analysis, so you yeah. go and do the analysis, you build the deck, you know the deal, right? So it's very pointed, directed advice and direction. But the harder shift is going from a consultant to a manager uh, mm-hmm. and taking on more of a leadership role. And I found that I was stuck in a, actually stuck is not the right word. I I was definitely within my senior consulting comfort zone for quite some time. And yeah. I felt that I needed a push to really be able to explore my leadership capabilities and just be able to do it. Um, versus always kind of stepping back and be like, no, this is what I'm comfortable with this. So I'm just going to keep doing mm. this. And so unless and until you're forced into situations, and I don't know if this is going to be the case for everybody, um, you know, you're not going to know what you're capable of. And so yeah. now I've just have this newfound appreciation for something may look very scary on paper and it's probably scary in real life as well, but go for it. <laughs> yeah. Try it out. And, uh, you never know what could happen and you could surprise yourself. For sure. And I think that speaks to the, you know, that idea of the growth mindset is just like, you know, saying yeah. yes to things and, you know, figuring it out and continuing to, uh, to push yourself to, to take on new challenges. Cause, um, yeah, you don't, you don't want to find yourself in a place. I think where you get too comfortable with what you're doing, you want to continue to kind of keep pushing yourself um yeah pushing your finding kind of new limits so um that's really cool Mm -hmm. cool um so i guess we're gonna pivot a bit and talk you you actually you mentioned leadership and and mentorship a little bit so um one of the topics that i like to i like to discuss is just that kind of topic of of leadership um you know as you have kind of navigated your your career thus far um who are some of the 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 biggest or most influential leaders that have, uh, that have made an impact on you, uh, thus far, I feel like mentorship is a, is a huge aspect that we talk about in the MBA. Um, so I'm curious when you think about kind of influential leaders or or mentors that have helped you develop throughout your career, um, who are some of the people that you think about? And when you mean influential, like, is this, are these people that most people would know about? Or no, it could be, it could be personal to you, okay, um, whoever it, it could be Yeah, personal to your, to your own story. Um, it could be someone that someone may know about that you've kind of read about that you've, you've taken a lot uh, from it could yeah. be either or. Honestly, I've been privileged <laughs> to have the best bosses. Um, in fact, uh, I actually followed a boss from KPMG to IBM to Paraveda. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and he's also my, yeah, so he's, 
I'm, I'm still working with him here at Paraveda. Um, but yeah, so he was very influential because one, he, he challenged me. He challenged me to learn more about technology, learn more about digital. Um, he was working on developing the digital practice at KPMG. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'm kind of interested. And, you know, I took the spin of diving into digital government. So again, trying to spin the public sector um, spin into it. Yeah. And the, the one thing that I really loved about him is just, I, just being able to have a conversation with your, with your mentor and your boss and be able to bounce ideas off of somebody who would listen to you, somebody mm-hmm. who could, you know, not necessarily always provide their point of view, but guide you in a way to say, you know, you could think about this or you could think about that. And that kind of leadership style has really resonated with me where I feel like I'm supported. I feel like I'm, I'm being listened to. I feel like my voice matters. Um, And similarly at KPMG, I had an incredible boss who is still a very, very close friend of mine. In fact, we both had our kids during the same time and, uh, you know, we still go for walks. And so they, my, my, my influential leaders have essentially become really close friends of mine. Um, people who I respect, people who um, are still doing such great work and they just have a deep fond appreciation for coaching um, mm-hmm. their team, uh, looking out for them and knowing, knowing when their team needs help. Yeah. Um, I'm the kind of person who, you know, in the beginning, I felt like I never really put my hand up if I needed help. Now I've become more, in fact, become the complete opposite. (laughs) If I need help, I am like, hey, I need help, right? Um, And I think it's because of their leadership, it's it's allowed me to become more comfortable with that, be be a bit more authentic, self-reflect more. um, And all these things just, allow me to grow right versus me being constrained in this idea of myself and what I think I do well and what I think I don't do well whereas others have a completely different perspective on mm-hmm. my strengths and areas that I can improve on so those are the two leaders that are quite influential to me and of course the second one has been more so because he's been able to take me from <laughs> to, <laughs> to, from one firm to the next to the next <laughs> Very cool. Um, Do you have any, I guess, tips for, you know, students or or really anyone in terms of like seeking mentorship? Like if you're, if you're looking for a mentor, what, what are some of maybe the qualities, um, you know, that you would seek out in terms of kind of like finding a mentor? You you, you mentioned someone who would like challenge you and help you think kind of in a, in a different way, but is there anything else or any other tips that you would give in terms of kind of a student going out and, and seeking mentorship? Yeah, I I find that most of my mentors have just been people that I have interacted with, and mm-hmm. it's become it was it, it was quite organic, and um, and you know I would say that that's I, I got lucky in that regard because yeah. it's not always, but I, I also think that it, 
that's how mentors are formed. You form great relationships and you find that once you have those interactions with them, you're like, you know what, maybe I want to run an idea by somebody who would be the best person I could mm-hmm. easily talk to. And for me, rapport was a big thing. Um, and I tend to go back to people who I found that I could trust um, and who could who would listen to what I had to say and who would be able to provide me with you know, some guidance and direction, even if they didn't have the answers. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say that when it comes to seeking mentorship, I, I do think it's a very personal choice. And it has to be somebody that you will need to have a few interactions with, you mm-hmm. know, so I would say when you are, if, if and when you are looking for mentors and mentors are a great, great, a great to have in your network, I would say don't go in with the idea of seeking a mentor. Uh, go in with the idea of just getting to know people. For sure. And eventually they may become your, your mentors um, just based on your interactions, the relationship that you build uh, if and when you, you know, end up working together. Um, and yeah, so look at how you inter- how how you feel around that person. Do you feel like you can trust and uh, feel like you can um, get their opinion on something, somebody who can be very candid with you too. Mm-hmm. Or for me, I find that it's, uh, I, I like candid and honest feedback. And yeah. so I also tend to go to people who have my best interest in, in, in mind and aren't afraid to say a new, you know, that thing that you did, probably not the, not the right thing. Right. Um, and that was important to me and that has also helped me grow. And so I need people who can be honest and upfront with me about that. And so just having those honest conversations as you get to know people about knowing what you need out of that mentorship um, will be critical. And then I would also say, try to seek out mentors who aren't part of your industry. Uh, Sometimes different perspectives can yield um, different viewpoints as well. And sometimes when you seek out, at least in my experience, when you seek out mentors within the same industry, they may have biased views about, you know, mm-hmm. what's, what is the way to, how, what is the way to go about doing things when in another industry, you could be doing something completely different and still be pretty successful or get a you know, different kind of advice. Um, so yeah, those would be my, my top tips when it comes to seeking out mentors. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it has to be an organic, I think, re- relationship for for sure. You, you can't force I think uh, so. mentorship or yeah. anything like that. I find that, you know, mentorship programs in all the big companies that I've worked for, they all have it, right? Mm-hmm. And I have yet to see a very successful mentorship program. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I find that they're very forced Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's the right way to go about it. Um, Yes, you can provide the right environment for mentorship to thrive and to succeed and to enable a culture that will support it. But it's very hard to do the whole matching mentors Mm -hmm. and, you know, forcing a relationship when it is a very personal thing. For sure. Yeah, 100 percent. Awesome. So I knew we've, uh, we've talked a lot about, you know, the professional, the career aspect, things like that. 
Um, and one question I always like to ask, cause I feel like there's, there's so much more that defines a person than, you know, the career and the, and, and that stuff. So outside of the, outside of work, what do you like to do for fun? Um, you know, what do you get up to in, in your spare time? Um, when, you know, you're not, you're not working. Wow. Um, well, right now, all of my free time is being consumed by my daughter, Nola. Um, and so, yeah, I love spending time with her as much as I want to sleep in yeah. and I can't sleep in. My <laughs> <laughs> um, body is just in mom mode all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, love spending time with my daughter because the pandemic has really blessed us with so much time together. And uh, part of me feels you know, kind of guilty about it because a lot of other moms don't get to experience this much time with their young ones. Um, So I'm trying to make the most out of it before we all head back into the office and our our normal routine as much as I'm looking forward to that. Um, And I love watching sports with my husband, Nav. We're big Raptors fans to the point where we spend thousands of dollars on last minute playoff tickets <laughs> this was a few years ago um even though we're not you know playoff ticket uh, holders or anything we just mm-hmm. we're both pisces so we're very emotional and uh um tend to dream on and uh live in the moment kind of people yeah he and, was uh, uh, he was telling me the the game seven story <laughs> and, and his episode <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And uh, before the pandemic, we used to love going to festivals and concerts. Um, Can't wait to do that again. And other than that, just uh, working out as much as I can uh, in our little living room. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, not much. I feel like, you know, to be quite honest, work does take up quite some of my time, especially Mm -hmm. these days. But we definitely do enjoy, I enjoy the outdoors quite a bit. We used to mm-hmm. go camping quite a bit, but um, haven't been able to do much with Nola just because I'm even, I'm anxious about taking a baby uh, <laughs> to go camping. <laughs> fair, fair enough. As much as I want to, it's very intimidating. I don't know how people do it. <laughs> fair, fair enough, for sure. Um, awesome. Well, Anu, you're, you're out of the hot seat now. Um, if you have any questions for me, uh, now's, now's the time. Oh, um, what has been your most interesting podcast interview so far? Ah, uh, there's been a lot. Um, and it's funny cause I feel like people, people will ask me like, oh, what's your favorite episode or or things like that, that you've recorded. Yeah. I feel like there's, it's, it's never easy to pick a, a favorite or a most interesting just cause the, just cause the nature of this podcast, like every podcast is someone fair. else's story, you know? So I feel like every yeah. podcast I'm, I'm learning something, uh, something brand new about, about a person. So, um, yeah, it's, it's tough to, to pick, I'd say like a favorite or, uh, uh, most interesting. Well, let me, let me change the question a little bit. All right, then. go for it. Which, which interview did you feel like you had a certain expectation, but when you went into it, it's like, whoa, <laughs> that was different <laughs> in a good, and, you know, maybe uh, an interesting, maybe took an interesting turn and you were like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, 
I, I do think that especially early on in the podcast, like that, that's when I was kind of finding my footing a little bit more and saying that, and just like figuring out like, what is, what do I actually want this podcast to be? Like when it started, it really just started on, on a whim. Um, I thought mm-hmm. of this kind of like random idea. That's like, you know what, uh, let me just, we're, we're all starting this, this MBA remotely. It sucks for everyone. Um, yeah. let me, let me try and find a way to at least help build those, uh, relationships. So that's, that's kind of how the podcast, um, or like high level, how the, how the podcast started. So I don't know if it's necessarily like a specific episode, um, where, um, you know, where that happened or where things went in a, in a different way. Um, but I would say like, especially early on, I feel like all my episodes kind of like looked a little bit different or I played around with, you know, what, what do I think is the best like fit for the podcast or what do I think is the best structure? Um, so all of those, I was like learning, oh, maybe these style of questions, like don't necessarily work or like, oh, I should definitely start off with some icebreaker questions. Cause it can, it can start off like a little bit awkward, especially when, you know, some people may be recording for the first time. So I think that yeah. those were some of my biggest learnings, especially like early on is, is in terms of like structure, like, okay, how do I, how do I actually want this, uh, this podcast to, uh, to flow? Yeah, no, well, it's, it's got a great flow. Um, I definitely <laughs> do like the structure. cool thank you um well anu that kind of wraps things up um if someone has questions if they want to reach out to you learn a little bit more about kind of you and your story and your journey thus far um what's the what's the best way for them to get in touch yeah the best ways to reach out to me on linkedin um there might be a lot of new things out there but uh if you put the grid i'm sure you'll be able to find me Sounds good. Awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for joining the podcast. Um, I know I definitely got a lot out of this conversation and, and learned a bunch. Um, and I'm happy, you know, uh, other MBA students and, um, you know, whoever is listening to this podcast, uh, I think they, they've definitely take, taken a lot from, uh, uh, from this conversation as well. Um, so thank you for, you know, sharing, sharing more with us about your, uh, your journey thus far. It was, uh, it was really great. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. Take care. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. If you want to get in touch, you can find us on Instagram at building digital community, or you can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn or on Twitter at Chirag 24. I'll see you next time. Take care and stay safe.